Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there. It's Susan Pierce Thompson, and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I am so pleased to be joined today in the weekly vlog with Esther Helga from Iceland. Esther, welcome to the vlog. Thank you. Exciting. Yeah, so good to be here with you. So um, one of the neat things that's happened in my world in the last year is I've gotten introduced to you and to a community of people around the world who are doing really interesting things in the world of food addiction, research and treatment. Um, And you're leading the way in that. So uh, I guess my first question for you is, how did you become interested in this work? What's your personal background as it relates to, I know my journey, of course, as people know, is, you know, super gruesome with addiction. And how do you come to be a food addiction treatment professional? Well, thank you for having me here, Susan. I'm, I feel really honored to, to be here. Um, well, like for so many, you know, we need to be doing this because of uh, passion and uh I came into this uh, for my passion for recovery for food addiction, and uh, of course I am a, a food ad- food addict and a compulsive overeater in uh, in recovery for uh, nineteen plus years now, and so I remember after having tried like everything in the world, uh, like if there was a diet book out, I would get it and I will would do it and I would be successful until I wasn't successful anymore. And so it was such a grace when I finally got, uh, you know, a recovery program that really addressed my addiction and, uh, and also a program that addressed my addiction. Uh, so it was the food and the addiction and, uh, so I did a lot of uh, work and I needed to do a lot of work on myself as an addict in recovery. And uh, so I did, I took a few years just doing that, but then instinctly I knew that uh, I had, I needed to do something about this. I'm a go-getter, I am a pioneer at heart, you know? So, and I, I my former life was uh, an opera singer could you believe it? And uh, a music teachers, and and I would just do all kinds of shows. I did Grease, I did Broadway shows, I did gospel. You know, I did all the fun stuff, and uh, it was a great career. But my soul was dying because I was an, a food addict, and I hadn't gotten any recovery at that point. And so I decided that I need, I wanted to uh give uh what i could and what had happened to me uh into this world of suffering and because i know uh and everybody who has had to go through that i know how how much suffering it is uh to be a a, a, you know basically a bright person that can do so many things 
but never when it came to the food and the weight and all of that. And so, and that being the, the part that would break down uh, your self-esteem on a daily level. And uh, so, so what I did uh, initially, and, and please come in with questions if you have them, um, I'll try to just go on, was that I, I understood that this was an addiction and that I would need to study, uh, go into studying at a different uh, profession. So I did a diploma in addiction counseling and uh, addiction supervision. And uh, those, and then I was uh, fortunate uh, to, uh, and I, I would call up on people that were uh, doing something in the field. The few people I could find uh, that were doing something in the field of food addiction. I remember Kay Shepard, I called her and she was there on the phone and we talked for an hour, you know, and uh, uh, I, 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 I so appreciated her and her pioneering in, in the field and her books and all the things that she's really given into this field. And, and then I, I found uh, Philip Vertel and, and Mary Pushy, who were at that point uh during the acorn uh which it, which was like intensive uh treatments intensive treatments inpatient treatment right where people would yeah, go yes. there for inpatient they would have like at that point it was like six day inpatient uh uh intensives and uh some aftercure as well and uh, so and and Phil had actually launched at that time. This was when was this? Two thousand six, I think. Uh, he had launched an experimental uh, teaching for professionals to work with food addiction, and so I entered that as well. And I started going to to his intensives to learn from him and them, uh, which was quite uh, extraordinary. And uh, then I, I had them come to Iceland and do work with me and my clients here. I, at that point, I had uh, started, I guess, the first outpatient treatment in the world. <laughs> I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to do something. And, uh, and I tried to learn whatever I could at that point. And it wasn't much out there for this specifically. So, but I did uh, heat, uh, guidance and supervision from from people in the field of addiction and the field of like Phil and, and Mary. And, uh, and then I met soon after I met Bitten Jonsson in Sweden. And, uh, and then after a while, I, 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 I began um, participating in the Food Addiction Institute, which Phil Verdell uh, initiated uh, in 2005. And uh, that was kind of um, the history of all of this is, is that there was a lady, uh, and I think that was so instrumental in, in us food addiction clinicians and uh, research, researchers coming together that I think it was 2006, seven probably, or eight, I can't quite remember, there was a summit on food addiction in Seattle. And there, there was this lady who invited all 
can you believe it all researchers that were working on on the matters of food addiction and all clinicians and i was actually invited and uh along with Kay Shepard, Phil, Joan Ifland, uh, I think Bitten was asked, but she could, couldn't come. And, uh, and a lot of us that, which weren't many, <laughs> Marty that. Lerner, Teresa Wright, uh, you know, clinicians, the few clinicians in the world came with the researchers. And I can tell you, it was crying on both parts when when the two groups met together and, and you know, got to talk about uh, what really we have been doing so isolated in the field, you know, in different corners of the world, basically, both the researchers yeah. and we. Yeah, so that was one uh, big point of, of- At this point, you'd only been in your own recovery. You started the professional work when you were just a few years uh, in recovery yourself. Yeah. Three years. Yes, yes. I went, yeah. I had heart, and then I, then of course, as in, in addiction counseling and treatment, you work under supervision. And I've worked, you know, uh, since, uh, so my recovery was from 2003. I started, uh, the treatment uh, center here in Iceland in 2006. Uh, soon after that, I started working with Phil and Mary. That was like a, a, a two, actually a two to three year period. Uh, I going to them, they coming to Iceland working with me. So we all kind of became partners somehow and, uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and, yeah. And Esther, how did you get your own recovery in Iceland in 2003? I mean, you know, people weren't doing zoom meetings then, you know, were there, were there any 12 step meetings to go to in Iceland? What was the situation there? Well, I have been uh, going to one of the 12 step programs for a while, but I never could get any, you know, any, any recovery. And I know now it was because the food plan, there weren't any food plans. And, uh, you know, the, the abstinence suggestions weren't, uh, let's say, rigid enough for me, the kind yeah, of I, yeah, I am. And uh, so I was lucky enough and I, <laughs> I was doing a blog for my 12-step program just a few days back. And I was just saying how interesting it is that a 12-step program that would address exactly my type of addiction would be brought to Iceland. And that happened. And uh, and I got, uh, got to go there. And when I did, that was like the 6th of... February 2003, I went to my first meeting of that 12-step program. And that was the first time in my life that I had seen recovery from food addiction. Yeah. First yeah. time. I was 48 years old, you know. And uh, so so uh, it was, it was a, a total, you know, a revelation for me. And uh, I was fortunate to get a sponsor. Started two days later. And just after the first meal, it was, it's just like so crazy to say this, the first meal on the 8th of, uh, of February, 2003, my mind just calmed down, craving was gone, my disease was in emission, 
And of course, I need to do some work on myself and uh, my emotional work, my mental and my spiritual work needed a lot of work. And that is a daily thing that I do and, and participate in uh, until this day, I tell you. And uh, which is uh, just gives me a way of, 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 of life I would have never thought possible. That's the truth of it. And uh, yeah, so so I got abstinent uh, through 12-step programs. What I did also was that I, uh, because there was no no uh, treatment, really, except the 12-step programs, I engulfed in learning and doing and be guided in the 12-step therapeutic approach. And so about that, what do you mean the 12-step therapeutic approach? So, so I would just get support and help to to go through the big book the the design of the 12 steps and what they could do for addiction mm -hmm. and i decided to you know even if i was not an alcoholic uh which i'm not i am a food addict and plus a few other things <laughs> uh i decided that i was going to trust that this was going to address my addiction as well as any other addiction because when i was listening to it any other addict i heard my story so with everything but what i needed to be abstinent from uh i i had the same disease of mind uh emotion and spirit and uh, so so i took three years you know i i i had i was listening i you know it was tapes first then discs <laughs> on in the car whenever i was driving back and forth work or whatever i was just engulf myself in this work on a daily basis for three years that was my treatment and yeah. it really worked <laughs> it yeah. really did and it saved my life so as i as one of the things that i i because of this you know i think what when we get recovery and we realize what it is that that helps us get recovery. We tend to go there. It's like we are. Oh, it's like the the mama duck and the little doggies ducklings. You know, the the egg is broken, and the first thing that they see is the mama duck, and they will follow her to the end of death, or to to the end of the days, or whatever. And uh, so. So when you get recovery from something, you tend to want to go there uh, specifically if it works, you know, but it needs to work as well. And it did work. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And now fast forward 19 years of recovery later, you yeah. founded and you lead the Infact School. So what does that stand for? Um, and what is it? It's, it's an incredible thing you've started. Well, the Infact School is an international school for professionals uh, so that and the, it is a kind of a platform that we set up, me and my other colleagues in the field, uh, for any professional wanting to be and go into the field. So so what what it teaches is the basic core functions and the criteria for food addiction counseling and treatment. And it takes on uh, treatment methods. Uh, we work through what's a 
seminar-based uh, treatment, what's an outpatient treatment, what's an inpatient treatment, how do we screen and assess, and, and how is an intake process. So how do we begin a person in treatment and follow through uh, into recovery, basically? And uh, so we interview, weave into this uh, uh, science and, and we've had like the privilege of having like incredible starts, stars in the, in the, the field of both clinicians and uh, science. Uh, now you one of them, uh, Susan, I'm so happy to, to be having you next winter with us as well. We've had like, uh, I, I remember when I met uh, Dr. Robert Lustig, the scientist and, and MD on, on, on sugar food addiction. I was like starstruck, They're like, can I, can I <laughs> just touch you? And uh, we become such wonderful friends. Nicola Vina is, uh, is like in the forefront of, uh, of uh, the science on, on sugar addiction, on, on the effects of the brain and the red, uh, research and then we have of course all the clinicians that that come from up to 40 years of experience in this field which is phil and mary fushi from acorn now it's called shift and amandali this is uh is uh leading that now uh doing great work we work quite a bit together and we've kind of developed that work further on uh, then there is, of course, Marty Lerner from Milestone in Recovery. There's Teresa, he's a psychologist, doctor of psychology, does work on eating disorders and food addiction. Uh, Teresa Wright, a, a, a groundbreaking dietitian, the first one to just head out there and say, well, I think there is something called food addiction and start <laughs> work. Yeah. And start working with, uh, with food plants and abstinence. And she is like such, such uh, an incredible woman as well. So let me, let me pause you right there. And just for, for everyone, what does in fact stand for the name of your school? It's an acronym, right? Yes. It's international school uh, for professionals. We don't have the P in there, but uh, on treatment, counseling and treatment for food addiction. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's based in Iceland. So it is actually an, uh, an all online visual. Uh, uh, so you have students from all over the world. I have people. Yes, we have, yeah. we have uh, students from 19 countries so far uh, and uh, teachers okay. from all over as well. And uh, so we've kind of set up a program that, that we teach uh, like in the winter time, we usually take a stretch of seven months. Uh, like the next one starts in September and sit in the beginning with a certification in uh, early March. Uh, teach two days a week, Fridays and Saturdays. And, uh, and uh, into that, there's uh, all the teachers that come in. And then I am kind of the guide that leads, uh, and I kind of lead people through uh, certain, uh, the classes, you know, to, yeah. and, and find them together. And so you're certifying professionals as food addiction clinicians, food addiction treatment professionals, right? Yes, it and, is. and, um, 
when you say certifying professionals, professional what? Like, is there any criteria for what kind of background someone has to have to get into the INFACT program? Well, it is. So, so, so when you, when you talk about credentials and, and uh, certification and diplomas and all of that, we do not at this point have like a licensing abilities for as of yet. So that would have to be then in a university, a specific degree for food addiction counseling. Or well, addiction. licensing is in the United States. I think it's state by state anyway. Like you get licensed in New York state to be, you know, a yeah. social worker or something. I mean, that you couldn't do that anyway, could you? Like that has to be, you yes. know. State it's, by state. It, it is really a, a, a tough thing, but, but yeah. what got, the first thing we got was to have the uh, European Certification Board, which is, uh, you know, in the addiction uh, world, uh, they decided that they needed to have some kind of knowledge and education for people going into the field of addiction treatment and counseling. And uh, so coming from that, that's what we usually base our work on is, is actually addiction, professional, uh, verified addiction, uh, professional uh, treatment methods and uh, the core functions of them and insights into what we need to do. So when we have studied and, and graduated from our studies during the winter, uh, we have ethics. We agreed, we've signed ethics agreements and the ethics agreements uh, say, you know, like if you like were like we have had uh, both PhDs and, and uh, MDs doing this, and, you know, people with, uh, you know, more education, they would maybe have like a year of a requirement to have supervision in this field. And uh, now for, for, for health professionals and uh, uh, social uh, professionals as well, now we have uh, gotten a, another add-on uh, certification from US, which is Addiction Professional Certification Board which is uh, derived in New Jersey, but is kind of a US national board for addiction counseling certification as well. This one you can, you can apply for a food addiction, certified food addiction professional as an add on uh, learning um, on, you know, on top of whatever uh, professional uh, you, profession you're coming from, you see. So yeah. we have the two. So that's that's what we have at this point. You know, so you're accredited from again, just you're accredited from a European body and a United States body to offer yes. uh, this program. And someone, for example, in the United States would um, would have the food addiction professional certification added on to say their license in clinical social work or or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, does that mean that you accept? anyone like like anyone can apply to go through the infact school and um and they don't have to have any particular background yes we have actually uh admitted people to just come in i do 
do need to to look at backgrounds and uh, because of the certification boards and i need to be responsible to them uh in order to not certify just anybody but uh but uh for the most part we have certified the people that have wanted to come uh this is not a treatment this is not treatment so so you know, you're not coming into this just to be treated for food addiction. No. Uh, but but a lot of people that have been interested in knowing more about their disease have come in for their personal uh, gain and knowledge. And uh, that is fine. Uh, what has happened and what happens usually is that people come from so many different strengths, you know, and uh, we've had pro you know business people we've had uh, dietitians and all kinds of health and social people uh and and we've had uh, coaches from all different you know coach coaching uh and uh teachers and uh, and the thing is everybody is uh supported to find a way to be able to use the knowledge in one way or the other as they continue from the impact school so some may be just wanting to to lecture about it or just be able to tell people about it in their wherever surroundings others are really really going out there and quite a few of our alumni the students have come a, a long way in really putting themselves out there as uh, professionals uh, and educators and and all different things which I am so proud to 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 uh, to acknowledge as well yeah absolutely and so just to change tack a little bit and talk about, the um, ongoing effort to get food addiction recognized as a condition in, or a disease in the first place. I see the DSM-4 and the DSM-5 right behind your head in your office. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for those of, of uh, our listeners who aren't aware or our watchers who aren't aware, um, the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It's the catalog of mental illnesses in the United States by the American Psychiatric Association. And there's a global um, similar counterpoint to that called the ICD, which comes out of the World Health Organization. And there are efforts underway to get food addiction recognized in both of those. Um, and they haven't yielded fruit yet, but um, so let me just share with everyone what's happening. And, and I have a prediction and Esther, uh, I'm curious about yours as well. Um, recently, um, food addiction was submitted to the ICD for inclusion in their next edition and they rejected the proposal. Um, there was a lot of evidence to support it, but they they had their reasons and they gave a long list of reasons. And it, the long list of reasons was very thorough and helpful and can serve as sort of a roadmap of what additional research needs to be done or what additional argumentation needs to be put in so that hopefully it can be included in the future. And right now there's an effort to submit food addiction to the DSM for inclusion in its next edition. And that proposal has already amassed 400 scientific papers uh, in, um, in substantiation of the proposal. Um, my prediction is that uh, it's not going to happen immediately, but it will happen within the next 10 years. What do you think about these efforts, Esther, and what do you think about my prediction? 
Well, I hope in 10 years, you know, we will have gotten this through. (laughs) I want to see it in my life. So, so the Food Addiction Institute, which I'm now a chair of, uh, I, we have been working very hard, uh, and gotten incredible people to work with us, uh, to, to get, for example, to, to get the, the work done with the ICD was amazing, amazing work. And that's still in progress. And we're kind of getting that happening and, and, and redoing, working, doing the work to redo another application there. Uh, when we get to that, to finish it, uh, apply it again, I don't know yet, but the DSM is well on the way and uh, should be out this year. We should be able to apply this year. So it's going to be interesting because, you know, for the DSM and the APA, there was a, there's a very strict structure of setting in, uh, the, uh, the, what kind of, uh, what kind of science, how to set it up. And there's been a a tedious work uh, in just really getting all of the science together, writing it out in a way that needs to be written for, you know, for the science purposes and all of it. So, so it's going to be interesting to to see what the DSM uh, APA people do as they get it. We will probably get something about that in the next year, you know, some kind of response from them, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, uh, I remember like how many years ago, six years, I was uh, I was a lecturer on a addiction um, conference where, along with uh, then uh, uh, chair of the a- ASM, which is the American Society of, of Addiction Medicine, Goldsmith, and I talked to him at that point, and he said, well, Esther, you know, I think you're about 10 years ahead of, of, of time, and that's like six years ago. It's like only four years now. So yeah. so maybe he his prediction is right, not yours. I hope so. Maybe, you know, maybe, and, and I tell you, if we get this through, that is going to change the world view. Yeah. It's going to take the view of uh, food addiction being an addiction instead of a diet problem. Yeah. And that's where I've, I've you know, that's where my passion is. We need to, to, you know, we have all these people that know all about the diet and what to do and what not to do. Uh, but the disease behind it, uh, the addiction, is the real thing that we uh, need to address. And, and, uh, uh, and we will be able to do that more once we get uh, this uh, accepted as, as a substance use disorder. A different, specific, ultra-processed, sugar, whatever is the name will be as a substance use disorder. For now, it is like a process or behavioral disorder, uh, eating disorders, but that's not really showing the big picture. We need to understand that there is a biological factor to it, and we have all the science. We have all yeah. the science for it. We, we really, Yeah. We do. Um, I'm just optimistic, Susan. I think together, ah. when we kind of get together and there's a, there's a, 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 a force you know, 
coming up of people wanting this to happen and uh, and uh, come, stepping into this work one way or the other. And I'm, my vision is that we get to do this more together than asunder so that we become the force that needs to be put there, you know, and we can become the force that is needed to, you know, to put the pressure on those guys, you know, to, to really, or to really uh, see this through, you know. Yeah, I so agree. Esther, where can people find you online? Well, uh, you can, you can go to infactschool.com or theimpactschool.com, there's the two. And uh, there you can just uh, write uh, contact. Uh, I have a uh, email, estherhelga at infectschool.com. And uh, be happy to talk to anybody wanting to know more about any of those subjects that uh, uh, to get support on, on recovery, to get support and uh, on learning to uh, become a professional in the field of uh, food addiction and uh, and or wanting and we're working on getting memberships now for the Food Addiction Institute so that we kind of get people more as together as a force uh, behind what we're doing there as well. Yes, and for anyone who's working in the field of food addiction, there's a Food Addiction Professionals Association forming right now. Do you want to say a word about that? Yes, that's something that that uh, many of my students actually, uh, as we were, you know, uh, coming up in numbers, then there were also students of Bitten Jonsson. And uh, of course, more and more people coming into the field, we decided that uh, to set up uh, like kind of a support uh, Facebook group uh, that has been working and happening for about two years. And now we're working on getting that a becoming a uh, food addiction professional organization, which will be uh, uh, f precisely for people working in the field. And we're working on, on, on that as well at this point. Beautiful. Esther, I, I was so pleased to be with you in England um, just a couple short months ago. And um, I noticed a couple things at the first international conference on food addiction. I noticed honestly how embryonic and nascent and just new and emerging uh, this field is. And I noticed that there were individuals who'd been doing the work for a long, long time. And uh, making huge contributions to its professionalism. And of course, there's a, a large legacy of addiction treatment to yes. carry over from, right? To, you know, the, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Food addiction is an addiction, just like gambling and alcohol mm -hmm. and, you know, nicotine and caffeine and all the rest, it's an addiction. And so there's a lot known about treat the treatment of addictions, but even that field isn't that far advanced relapses rampant. Um, but there is a lot established already in terms of ethics and supervision and education and so forth. And I just want to personally say thank you for doing the work you've done to professionalize the treatment of food addiction and to educate people on what it takes to be um, a, a, a food addiction professional in a world where 
uh, were just on the cusp and not yet recognized as a legitimate addiction. But of course, as we know, the science is there. There's just resistance for whatever reason, you know, some changes, um, some changes are slow coming. But my prediction is that once the legitimate uh, diagnosis gets recognized, there's going to be a flood, a flood of people rushing into this field because it's really uh, the the construct that helps make sense of a, an ocean of data and observation about what's happening with people and food and the obesity pandemic and the powerlessness that people are experiencing trying to change the way they eat. Addiction is the only thing that really makes sense in light of what we're seeing around the world. And so you are very much at the forefront. And I just want to personally say thank you for your efforts all these decades. Thank you, Susan. And thank you for all the work that you have done as well. You've made such a difference. Thanks, everyone. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.